Hey guys, buddy here with W Hunting Supply. I wanted to give a quick little intro here. We normally don't do commercials or anything on this podcast, but um, we wanted to let you guys know about a giveaway we're doing July 5th through July 18th. If you can give us a review on our podcast, Apple, I don't know where else you can give reviews, but find that place where you give a review on the podcast, Marvel phone, whatever, and send us a screenshot of that review so that we can enter you in for a chance to win a sweatshirt. The cool thing about the sweatshirt is, is if you don't know, we're already doing a, a larger giveaway. We're going to give away a hunt, a lynx hunt or a bear hunt by buying any kind of t-shirt item, any kind of sweatshirt item, or any kind of hat item on dusupply.com. Enters you in for one chance to win a lynx hunt in Canada, BC, or uh, you, if you choose to select the bear hunt in Canada, you can bring your own dogs or you don't need to have your dogs. You can, you can come without dogs. Um, and, and so that's one thing that's going on W Hunts by the podcast giveaway, the sweatshirt item will definitely enter you in for a chance on the hunt as well. So if you win the podcast giveaway and you win this cool sweatshirt we're going to give away, you're, uh, you're automatically entered in for the uh, big giveaway. So good luck. You choose that Lynx hunt. I normally go in November. You're welcome to go with me. Um, and that'll be sometime in November as long as the Canadian border opens up. If the Canadian border does not open up, we're just going to push that out a year. So you're still going to win the hunt, but we just got to wait for that border to open up. If it doesn't open up in time, we'll just do it next year. All right, guys. Hope you're enjoying this podcast. We'll get back to it. We'll know later if I screwed it up. We can fix it. Right. Uh, so, Jared, I mean, because you deal with the general public on the training side more than, than we do, you know, we handle the gear and whatnot, but how do you feel, how much of it is training somebody's dog? And then how much is it of training the, the future handler? Like which part of that do you think is more crucial to the dog in the end? Yeah, I think, uh, at least 70% of our training is teaching people how to read dogs, how to communicate with dogs, and how to understand the, the, the dog language, why they're doing certain things, why they react in certain ways. So it's more about training people than it is about training dogs. Because I can take a dog and train a dog and then send it to you, and if you've never seen my method or understand, uh, never had a bird dog before, it would take you about three weeks to undo <laughs> what, took me, what took me six months to build, right? And so, Doc, yeah, I think it's it's all about teaching people. It really is. That's the only way I can help you be successful going home with your dog is by teaching you the a method and a structure and a system on how to do how to read that dog, why he's doing certain things and then how to keep how to train him and how to maintain the training. So what um give me an example like what what training are you teaching somebody? If I if I show up as XYZ client or whatever. Yeah. What what well, what are you going to train me to do? One of the first things we do is we teach people how to handle their dogs right out of the box. So if you're com- if the dog's coming out of the box or if he's coming out of your crate or your kennel or if you've got a gunner kennel or whatever you have, you know, the minute you open that door, you're setting a tone for that training session. And so if you open the door and the dog knocks you over getting out, we probably didn't start on a very good, on a very good, um, uh, what do I, what word do I use, want to use? the energy or the we're not setting up this this training session to be productive if the dog's going to if the dog's going to teach me or run me around and I'm not the one leading the dog and teaching the dog and so the very first thing we teach our clients is how to open that dog box and how to get that dog to be calm 
and invite him out of the box. And then from there we go to the, the stake and we do a stakeout. Put the dog on the stakeout and then we collar him up and get him get him ready to go to work. So we're teaching the clients the mindset that that dog should have before we even get started in a session. That's probably the first thing we teach our clients. Okay. Because it just sets the tone for everything. Who's running the show? Right. So Jason, I, I'm already going to question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge him. Go for it, man. I, I, I 100% agree, but they got a question, Jason. Because, <laughs> again, as I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer this home, every person or situation may be different. So I'm thinking in my head, you know, that this is how I work. Jason, are you a dump-the-box guy or are you a one-at-a-time guy? On a race? Yeah. Or I guess it depends on the situation. I mean, every situation is different. Well, if uh, it's when, a, when, you, when you're on there, are you going to open that box and your dog's going to pile out? I mean, no. It, no, like if we're collaring up, they know which order they're coming out of that box. Uh, like okay. this dog knows the it's race? the first what one. About, to get what called. about you get a strike and start a track? I, I'm a bad example there because most <laughs> of mine are all on the dirt together, you know. But right. like situations where you want to funnel dogs in, I'd like to think I have a fairly good handle on. I open the box, and if I tell them back they know that there's a command and they're going to wait until they're invited out. But if I just go and open that door, you better believe they're all coming out of their Mach yeah. 10, but I have yeah. to f- actually go in and I tell them wait or back, you know, whichever the command yeah. is going to be for someone. It's, you you got to analyze the situation. Minus for that answer. Like, I, I agree. One hundred percent. D's get I, degrees, man. I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I was thinking the same thing as he was talking that I was like, you know what, as I call her, one at a time, really calm. Absolutely. I'm I'm very mellow. I don't I don't show a lot of energy. If I'm starting a track, I try not to do that. I try to make sure my energy is down. Um, mm-hmm. But if if they blow up, you know, if I'm I'm out the way and they blow up, and there are times where I just open the box up and I'm like, and that's when they're all just like, let's go. And and um, so I was just in my head. I'm like, hmm, okay, I I do it two different ways sometimes. Yeah. And. Uh, so well, I, the I dog, was just thinking. The, yeah, the difference is there. The dogs are intelligent enough to know, based on the the scenario and based on what you're doing. Hey, we're collaring up. Like dogs mm-hmm. are super smart, right? They get in a routine and a structure. My dogs are loading the. If I pull the truck up to the kennel and I dump and I drop the tailgate, and I start opening all the hound pens, guess what the dogs do? They all run over and start loading <laughs> themselves, right? Yeah. And then yeah. we get up the hill and they're like, "Oh yeah, Jared has a routine where we get up here, we stop and." collar up and and then when you're rigging along and a box explosion happens and it's one of those rocking the freaking truck and you open both things and take a step back and your arms do that everybody yep. goes boom <laughs> yeah they're yeah all so they the ground so they're intelligent enough to know okay well we're loading we're unloading that's a hot track we're getting collared up i mean they're smart dogs are yeah they learn there's like a, a default there's a default setting i think on the dogs where there's natural, like, yeah, they want to bust out of that box and run and get in with the race. But when you give a command, you're overriding that. You're commanding that dog and telling it, hey, yeah, no, I'm in charge right now. You're going to sit there until you're called. And I think it's the important part of it, if, if we circle it back around, is you're making the decision as the human for those. You know, you have to identify that, that you're letting them blow out of the box 
or not every time. You know what I mean? They don't get to do that every time. It's like, nope, this this is the scenario that the dog learns. This is the time that it's like, I want to be in front, you know, and, they, and, and they're all, you know, I hate it sometimes when they all jam up the doors and all that, but most of the time it's like, nope, they, you know, so I, that's just an interesting point is. Yeah, and most of the that, time from a bird dog standpoint, you're, you know, if you're hunting, you're going to stop and you're going to be hunting some cover. You mean you don't just drive by like you're not quails and just dump the box? Yeah, you're not rigging. Well, that happens, but not 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 very often, right? It's not like you're rigging pheasants. So, (laughs) yeah, I've rigged turkeys before, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So manners, I guess manners and uh, mindset and managing that energy is one of the one of the first things that we're going to teach those people how to do, and that all starts with opening the box and 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 setting up that training scenario. Boundaries. Really good question. So, how much um, when you're training somebody, how much do you talk about like their energy, or, or I mean, what is the number one advice you give to somebody, whether it's hounds or birds? Or but but you know, you have a lot of experience in the bird dogs where you're saying, yeah. hey, you you don't want that that dog blowing out of the the kennel when you open it. Right. So, what is it that you tell a person to do? I show. I, yeah, I have to. You kind of have to show them. For me, doc. Dog training is pretty visual, right? Mm-hmm. It's visual, and you kind of have to feel the energies. So here's an example. I'll give you this week um, we sent a dog back to Kodiak, Alaska. So a, a couple in Kodiak had flown their dog in for training, and um, the wife is like, hey, can't you just fly me the dog back? And I'm like, no. You, I was really persistent on her coming here. Yeah. And her and I were doing some drills, and one of the drills we were working on is woe. We were doing some woe training. And she made the comment when we were doing our woe training, she's like, I'm so glad I came because I just felt all of the energy change when in the in your body language, in the way that you were handling the dog, the way you were talking to the dog. And all of a sudden the dog became, we have this stand up, stand still drill that we do that creates a really calm and focused dog. And when I did that drill with her, it completely changed how she looked at training. Like one, like yeah. one eighty. She went, holy cow! I'm so glad I got on the plane and came down here because, because I can feel what's going on right now, <clears throat> and you can't, you can't describe that over a podcast. You can't describe it on YouTube. You yeah. have to be there and you have to feel it. So yeah, you that, I don't uh, think that was huge for her. Do you uh, you ever watch that that show, The Dog Whisperer? I have With Caesar. Yes, he's Caesar Milan or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he does. I mean, I've I've watched that show. You know, I haven't watched it a lot lately, but you know, he, what you're describing, that energy, that you know, like he, he does a really good job on that TV show of showing how he speaks dogs. It's not about hunting. Right. He has a bunch of other dogs and stuff like that. You know, sometimes right. different dogs, but um, that's what I thought comes to mind is is those it's people. He's training those people how to respond to a dog. Yes. And it's the same thing for us when we're hunting. You know what I mean? Like you have to do your body language, your energy. It's the person that's driving. That dog wants to re- reflect or something. I don't know if it's reflect is the right word, but you know what I mean? That dog is is reading you. And, sure. And, you know, they the, feed the off of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even give that a second thought, but I'm sure we've all hunted with that guy that is very vocal. You know, like the guys that are always yelling at dogs to make them listen. You look at that dog on a on a tie out, and I will almost guarantee you, almost every one of those dogs is not calm and settled. It, it's like they feed off of what's around them. 
Like my kids, they go to the kennel. If they go running through my kennel, they're kicked out. That's the end of it. You don't yell in my kennel. You don't screech. You don't run through it. You walk in calmly, collectively, and with purpose. If that, I, I probably sound crazy for saying that. No, but. you're spot on. I mean, our whole, our whole training method, all the stuff that we begin with is nonverbal communication. Literally, take the duct tape out and put it on your mouth. Yeah. And we teach, we start teaching these dogs how to handle and how to heal and how to recall. And I'm not saying a word, but my mm-hmm. body language is starting to teach them how to act and how to be. And so going back to this whole concept of training people, the only way that they can actually kind of feel that and see that is to, is to get there and be there and feel it and it's see it. Hand. Right. You it's like, I'm going to teach, I'm going to tell this dog to come to me without saying anything. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And then I've done so much work. I bend, I bend at the waist and the dog looks at me and goes, Oh, that's my cue to come in. And they yeah. come running in and they come right up to me and they're all excited. And, and so you can, uh, I think Maurice Lindley does a really nice job. He says you're teaching with your hands and you're listening with your eyes. Yeah. And that's a ton oh, of dog yeah. training. I was yeah. thinking uh, nonverbal. Like, so my dogs come into the house or whatever and, and um, our feeding in the evening, uh, we have a, a, my wife normally puts water, so warm water sometimes in the dog food or whatever. And so anyways, my, the nonverbal cue is I'll be in the kitchen, you know, standing there and one of the, Hound's is hungry after dinner. I'll be doing dishes or whatever. And, and it, the hound comes trotting around the corner in the kitchen and sees me instead of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> the nonverbal cue for me, <laughs> they kind of like eyes go wide and they kind of like step back like, oh, shit. What are that's... you doing in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, that's home. <laughs> I, I thought it was mom. Mom apparently doesn't give the same verbal cues that I do. And I don't know what they are, but yeah, they're a lot better around here. So, yeah, no, the... The nonverbal community, because I don't even say nothing. I don't nothing. I just look at it. And the dog's like, whoa, 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 wrong, wrong person. person. No, so, different person, right? It's like, yeah. oh, hey, that's dad. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got to act a certain different way. Yeah, what's mm-hmm. my role here? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Whoa, what's going on? I. Yeah. That's funny you say that because I get a lot of people, a lot of guys will call me and say, hey, the dog will work really well for me, but he, he won't listen to my wife or my kids. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> when you pick up your dog from training from us, uh, make sure you bring your wife and your kids because yeah. I'm going to teach them how to speak the language and I'm going to show them. And you guys know as well as I do, it's different if uh, another guy tells your wife something than if you tell them something. So <laughs> if you tell her, hey, this is how it works, let me show you. And they're like, yeah, whatever, you're an idiot. But if another, a third party comes in there and says, look, this is how you need to handle this dog. Right. I will I will tell you, I've, I have saved so many guys a lot of heartache. It's like, bring your wife. Right. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I guarantee you, if I tell your wife something, she's going to listen differently than you tell her. Yeah. And yeah. it's so true. So I have sure. all I have all the family come, and that's the way that, I mean, dogs live in that world, right? They live in that world, and like they look at Kip, and they're like, yeah, I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. this tall, and you're five. I don't, yeah. no big deal, right? The that's artist. what my kid says the other day. He's like, Dad, how come Henry listens to you? Because he'll yeah. be standing there ho- hollering for him, and not give him a second look and i you know just just a little bit of something and that dog's right at my side right you know and it's like on that topic um my little girl you know she's like nine or ten and Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) she's like nine or ten and uh (laughs) it's your kid buddy it's close like we're within (laughs) we're within a week or two when's her when's her uh birthday (laughs) the the third of july 
Oh, okay. Oh, hey, man, you're, you're we're close. On. Okay. You just I'm don't like know the... what year. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but such a sweet little girl, a sweet little voice, you know, it's like, and I'm trying to get it on, like, you got to say it with, you know, you got to say it Authority. from the gut, you know, and right. and her saying it from the gut is still not impressed. But what I was doing, right or wrong, you know, my method is, you know, I was at the park, we took it for a walk and, and the dog was, was out running around. And when somebody come, we'd have it come in closer or whatever. And so I went ahead and uh, I made her call the dog. You know what I mean? Because every time I tone it or whatever, it'd want to come to me. And in that short session, I was trying to get the dog to be like, you know, I, I told her, you need to call with authority. But then I reinforced that call with the tone. Yep. And if it came to me, which is what it first naturally wanted to do was come to me or whoever. Sure and I was like, no, Tyler's calling you. And I would make the dog go to Tyler. And it, it I mean, it was amazing on a bird dog how smart they are. Because it was like three tries of that. And she, it was a game. You know what I mean? You got it. You're we right. had four family members and... I naturally just kept walking, so that I was trying to drive the dog with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I told Tyler, without looking at her or anything, I just said, you call Tyler. And and I was probably, you know, 30 yards in front or 25 yards or whatever. Right. Kept walking, and then that dog wanted to walk with me. I toned it. You know what I mean? It was, it was you know, normally that's not something I do with a hound because I, I don't want it to go. It, it should come to me, you know what I mean, with, with the hound. Right. But that bird dog, I was like, no, those kids want it. Yeah. So anyways, how... So How do you encourage right a little you, girl yeah. to what, to give the authority? What you said was perfect, though. You were out there with your little girl trying to help the dog understand that whether I call you or she calls you, yeah. you need to listen to both. And that's the way to do it. You just did it, man. As 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 a natural dog man, you're just like, well, you can't if I do this, this will work, right? And that's, here, did that, you did right. it, man. No, you nailed it. <laughs> that's exactly what I tell my clients. It's like, hey, if you want... In my house, it's like, hey, if, if I want Kip to be able to tell this dog to do something, I the first step is me and Kip work together, and then slowly Kip can do it alone. But the dogs have a connection and respect and a bond with me, and for that to transfer to Kip, we have to work together first, and then I have to slowly exit the picture and let Kip how, get it. How easy, so I'm just, now, now I'm all on tangent. I don't know that I could do the same thing with my hounds. Like I really am like, man. I'm getting ready to try. I mean, because that's my I, last draw. They just act so differently. You know what I mean? Like, they want that. And I know that for my hounds, that tone, they're going to be right at my feet. You know what I mean? Because that's what I've established as the pack. Um, that bird dog is a family dog. And so, I... And in my head, I'm like, man, I, there's no way in hell I could get that. I won't say there's no way in hell. I... I don't think I got the patience to go back and do that training session the way it would need to be done to do that with a hound. Correct. Yeah, you don't what have are, you don't have a need to do that though. No, no, I don't have well, a need no, to. There's no need to. You've whereas, assigned. whereas the little Brittany pup needs to listen to mom or yeah. you or the baby girl because it's like, hey, there's a car coming, and if somebody calls, you need to come back. Right, right. And on so a hound, hound it's like they come no, to me. I don't care. They don't come to yeah, anybody. There's no it's need. Like, there's come no to the need. truck. Yeah, I don't care. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, there's not a need, right? As much. Yeah. No. Although one thing that I've done is I've when we're hollering dogs out of a canyon, I've got my boys there, and we've and I've started to have them holler, and get those dogs to respond to them, because it's yeah. like, hey, what if we're in a pinch one day and I'm hurt or I'm out of the picture, my boys could go holler those dogs out of the canyon, you know? Yeah. No, that's. What do you good. think about using a different command though, buddy? Like the tone. 
is for a recall to you. Like, do you utilize the vibrate function for anything? Or I don't have the time for that, Jason. I'll be honest, man. Because <laughs> that was my thought with Henry, is if I told him 100%, I think he's going to come to me. He's an old dog. He's 10 right. years old. But he's never been vibrated. So I think that that might be a tool I could use. I can tell you just got off a podcast with somebody. What if, Jason, what if you're not there, though? <laughs> what if your son was yeah. there and he hits the tone button? What's that dog going to do? I, I'm hoping he will listen. Yeah, I'm betting. I'm betting. But if I would he, have to be in, out of the picture. Yeah, so you I go think. in the house and you watch through the kitchen window and be like, all right, bud, tone mm-hmm. him and see what happens. I bet you nine out of ten times a trained finished dog is going to be like, where's the where's the human being or where's, where's the my truck? Human? Where's the yeah. truck? Yep. And they're just going to go. Yeah. Because they, they're, awesome. they're responding to the tone, not to necessarily you. Like if I'm six miles away, if Kip's hitting the tone button or I'm hitting the tone button, they're coming back. Yeah, because they'll come to my wife, you know what I mean? My wife will be like, hey, come here, and and they turn around, you know, when she's running. Like, they, it's just not, the the only difference was is that Brittany would go, it was such an easy transition that, I mean, it was just amazing. She knew that tone did not necessarily mean go to me. It meant, you know, it was just like, it was, I don't think a a hound would have done it for me. Were you you using the tone to reinforce her vocal Yes. Perfect. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, so she would call right. and and uh you know, so the puppy would be out somewhere, you know, what I mean, go and chase a squirrel sure. or whatever. Was, we were at sure. a park, so it was like let the let the pup run around, chasing birds, chasing squirrels, just distractions for whatever. Right. And then um as we go, we'll probably maybe go this this afternoon, we take the pup and, and go for a walk. Right. And they were honestly they were having they weren't gonna take the pup to the park anymore because it just wasn't listening exactly and i'm like well they're like we love it when dad comes <laughs> you know because I mean? yeah, i'm like well because i yep. i make sure that whatever you say something it's not it's not a maybe it's like you know to reinforce you know, and, and yeah. on, the, on the point of your wife you know what i mean like you're telling my wife you know you have to reinforce that she right. don't necessarily listen to me <laughs> you know what i mean i'm right. like but um I reinforce it, and I make everybody in the family. I'm like, Bradley, you call this time, or right. you know, I mean, as the, the dogs running around, and and you know, make sure different people call, so that and not that you just come to the group, you go to that person. You know, what I mean, that's what I wanted to establish, and it was fun. It, it's just been a fun experience with the Brittany. It's a different training than than. Well, I you just solidified the whole reason we're having this podcast, right? Like seventy percent of that work was you teaching your kids. This is how yeah. the dog will actually respond. This is how it'll actually work. Because they were yeah. going to the park frustrated, and now they're going to the park going, well, Dad just showed us how to do it a couple more mm-hmm. times with you and the kids at the park. And then they'll be like, yeah. you guys take the you take the dog and take the collar, and yep. you probably they'll probably be successful because then you've, you've set up a structure with that dog, and that's exactly yeah. it, man. It's so important to teach the people. Yeah. Yeah, the next thing I need to do is start letting them drive the button a little bit yeah. and not be... Not be afraid to push it, but not push it just because Right. my boy has a problem with, you know, he's at that age and maybe all boys do that. They want to control something in their life, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe because dad controls everything or whatever, but you could tell he's like trying to boss the hounds around and they're just like, not quite. Whatever, Brad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Unless you got keys to the truck, I'm not listening. Dude, like, yeah. you could take me out hunting. Um, but man, he'll call that and it's nice because that Brittany actually responds to him, and you know, so I think it, it helps him. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Kind of so, goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. The difference when we were talking about the difference between hounds and bird dogs is, you know, 
some of that's genetic. A little bit of genetic code in that Brittany is like, I want to please whoever, who, who's talking to me and I'll respond to them, you know? Yeah. Whereas a hound, they, they don't seem to, it's a more hierarchy thing for them. It's like, yeah, dad's the boss. I don't care. No, I don't care who else is here. If dad's here, I'm only listening to dad. Like that's so, all there is to it. Yeah. We need to get into, I don't want to get into it in this one, but the, the pack mentality of the hounds and the Brittany is like way different. She's like, I'm not part of your pack. I, I mean, I'll be part of your pack sometimes. And sometimes I'm not, I want to be, you know, it's like, she, she's a weird thing. So uh, anyways, um, let's keep it on topic. Cause we could just drag all over the place, but 70% is training the people, not the dog. And I would hundred percent agree with that. Even, even my experience a couple weeks ago, I had a customer come in and I mean, I just point right over. I said, your anxiety is because she was afraid to let go of the dog. You know, she had a a short hair and and it wasn't hunting, but, and I said, your anxiety is what the dog is feeding on right now. You know what I mean? So, so you're getting anxious and that dog's not paying attention or whatever. You just, I mean, you just need to calm down and just reinforce what you're telling the dog because the dog knew what she was saying. It just wasn't respecting her. Cause they're not settled. I think it, like in personal experiences, once that dog is settled and at a point where it can learn is different than like, if I go in there, no, the dog was settled. She wasn't settled. The person wasn't settled. Her confidence wasn't there. Like she had no confidence in what that. And that's, yeah. So in in response to that, we're, we're trying to build a method that makes those people feel so confident that that confidence just bleeds through the command. And the dog's like, Oh, yep. They're serious. Yeah. Yeah, what you're talking about, Jason, I mean, I 100% agree with what you're saying, that, that a dog that's not ready to be trained or not settled, you can't train it. But this problem was not the dog. I mean, this problem with this gal was was her energy. She was afraid, and and she was not settled and not and confident. Dog, yeah, the, dog, the dog can that. feed that, read that. Yeah. that that's seconds. what I was alluding oh, yeah. to, is the dog yeah. feeds off of that. Like, she's not confident. I don't have to listen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're choosing to give the middle finger, even though that dog might be settled. They're in a mind frame where they're processing it and realizing, yep. I don't have to listen to yep. you because you're yeah. not going to do crap. Crazy yeah. lady. Yep. That, that's kind of what I was pointing to. Push the button. Push the button. <laughs> yeah. The lady's crying. Yeah. No. What's yeah, they, great they, is when they, they get, get that get over call to me and they're and they like, get... oh shit, he'll push the button. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. What's great is when they get the confidence and they and they overcome that and then they're like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited. My dog will actually do it now. Yeah. You take something you dread and make it enjoyable. Right. Nobody wants to work with a dog that's unruly, you know? Yep. So, yeah, the person. And, and again, you know, I, I never thought about it much, but I need to make sure that when I'm out there with my daughter or whatever, that the pup, even without me in the picture, you know, they need to yeah. um, be consistent and make sure that they reinforce what they're saying you know the dog will learn it's it's different because it's such a sweet small voice you know the the tone is different the you know what i mean like there is so much different between my voice and my daughter's and the dog has to learn um it's not about you know yeah yeah. he's got to learn to respect both of them Mm -hmm. so cool what uh so if, if you're going to give somebody advice, Jared, and you probably already have, but what wrap it up, kind of review what you would tell somebody as far as the number well, one I, thing I, that you see most of the time. Well, I think the, the number one takeaway from this podcast is um, if you're the one 
if you are the one trying to train your own dog, you're doing this yourself, you need to you need to be very clear on your communication and concise and structured. Um, but it might pay you to go find a mentor so that they can show you how to do it the right way the first time instead of trying to do it six ways the wrong way and then you're just everybody's confused. So yeah, then you're retraining people and a dog. Yeah, exact. Yeah. Now you got two people frustrated, right? Or two. You got a guy frustrated and a dog frustrated. So if you're trying to train a dog, make sure you're humble enough <laughs> to get some help and get it and find the right method and find and um, be teachable. Be teachable. Yeah. Awesome. Good podcast, guys. I'll wrap it up.